Welcome to the Spirit of Life Ministries. Spirit of Life Ministries aim is to call to the born again body of believers to manifest the kingdom of God through the teaching and proclamation of the word of God, as well as the greater good for all humanity. Spirit of Life Foundation is based on Ephesians 4th chapter for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and fullness of Christ, to the edifying of the body of Christ in love. Spirit of Life Ministry's heart is for the restoration of the soul and greater good for all out of love. Please welcome now Sister Beatrice Jackson. Thank you for joining Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B. We're going to continue from this past Friday's episode that aired the 30th. And we were talking about not hardening our heart. We came from Matthew, the 13th chapter, talking about the sower that sowed the seed in the soil. I'm going to start at the third verse. And it says, And he spake many things, he being Jesus, unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Now this is the heart that we want to look at today, or or continue to look at today. Verse 5, Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Let's go to verse 18. This is where Jesus describes the parable or gives the interpretation of the parable. Verse 18, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Verse 20, But he that received the seed into the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Or anon being at once or immediately he receives it with joy. Verse 21, Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth or endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, by and by he is offended. Now let's stop right there. We see that tribulation and persecution arise because of the word. The enemy is after the word. And the enemy does not want us to bear fruit. This is also the emotional hearer. And because this is the heart that's an emotional hearer, by and by, he or she is offended. And as I mentioned in last broadcast, oftentimes, if not careful, we can respond to tribulation and persecution by anger, disappointment, Betrayal, hurt, bitterness, in order to guard our heart or protect our heart from these emotions. But unfortunately, the heart cannot differentiate between guarding the heart or protecting or blocking these emotions or putting up a barrier. It cannot differentiate between hardening against these emotions, trying to protect, versus 
hardening and blocking the word of God from entering into our heart and taking root. We also build a, a wall up against the word of God. As I said, the heart cannot differentiate between the two. Therefore, this person does not bear fruit because the word of God never takes root. It never breaks ground, the ground of our heart. I also mentioned that word offended here is scandalizo in the Greek. And what that word means, I think it, it bears repeating, we need to know, is to entrap, to trip up, stumble, entice to sin, to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way upon which another may trip and fall, and also cause us or that person to begin to distrust. And this distrust can happen towards another person or even God and desert one whom he or she ought to trust. And as I said, the heart cannot differentiate here either because oftentimes, not all the time, but most times we'll find that how we interact with others is indicative or an indication of how we are with God as well. That said, it causes us not to trust God and not to obey the word. And I'm just going to ask you to just be honest and think about situations that arise and how you respond. I mean, I know in my own life, I've had to look at this and examine myself. That's why I can say this. And I came to the point where this is not okay because I want to live according to the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And see, this is important because this is, this is what God is after. Father wants us to profit us being children of God. You see, he wants to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the earth. Jesus also wants to find faith on the earth upon his return. So that means that we need to begin to learn to operate according to kingdom principles. This is what the Lord wants. This is what the Lord wants in us as his children. Amen. So lastly, offend also means since one who stumbles or whose foot gets entangled feels annoyed, scandalizo also means to cause one displeasure at a thing or to make indignant a true emotional hearer in response to life situations in regard to persecution and tribulation. So what's the remedy? We have to become pliable. We have to allow our heart to become pliable, meaning we need to be receptive. Our heart needs to become that receptive soil in order for the word of God to take root. If you can picture this, picture a seed on the top of two types of ground or two types of soil. One is soft and loose. The other is hard. Now picture that seed trying to take root in both. Now, of course, the one that's soft, the, the soil that is soft and loose, the seed is going to eventually go down, sink down underneath that dirt and begin to form root and take root in that kind of soil. This is what the Lord wants us to do. This is the way he wants 
our heart to be in his hand. And it takes trusting him. It also takes bringing everything to the Lord. I, I mentioned that on the last broadcast. We need to bring it to the Lord. But you don't, uh, not only does the Lord want us to bring us his cares and talk to him about it, the Lord has also given us a way out. To keep in mind, we have the esteem of Christ. Those of, us that, those of us that are born again believers of Jesus Christ, we have the esteem of Christ on the inside of us. Oftentimes, believers and non-believers think that children of God are, are doormats or a pushover or, or are to be passive. That's not the case. Let me go to Matthew, the 18th chapter, and share something with you. When it comes to tribulation and persecution, Jesus gave us this example in Matthew 18, verse 50, starting in verse 15. It says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Now that word trespass means to sin. It also means someone has crossed a boundary that we have in place. Now we have boundaries, healthy boundaries in place in our lives in order to protect us. That lets people know where we, where they end. There's an end point or a stopping point. It's like having a fence. It's a barrier in order to keep what needs to be in on the inside and keep what needs to be out on the outside of that fence. If you can look at trespasses that way, which helps us guard the good and the fruit of the spirit in our heart. When we speak up and assert ourselves, this is a picture of assertiveness here that Jesus gave in Matthew, the 18th chapter is also a form of discipline in the church. This is church discipline as well. The verse goes on to say, verse 15, If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Verse 17, And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee an heathen man and a publican. Now that is not good. Publicans were considered outcasts from amongst the Jews. And the heathen was considered the Gentile and the tax gatherer. So there's a way out to express ourselves and protect our heart from becoming hard. Let's go to Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 43 to 48, because this, this passage deals with persecution as well. Verse 43 reads, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus is giving a picture of kingdom principles, how the children of God are to respond to persecution. 
Now, I know this sounds opposite of what we may be accustomed to, but keep in mind, the Lord is helping us to guard against a hard heart, hardness of heart, because when we begin to pray for those who have despitefully used us and persecuted us, and when we do good, something begins to happen. It's not always easy. It's not always easy. And this doesn't happen overnight. This doesn't come automatic. You know, there's an area of grace. The Lord lets us know we're to grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank God for his grace in this area. This is a growing way. This is not instant. This takes doing it and practicing and, and applying the word over and over and over. And we find that the more we do that, not only does the word begin to take root in our heart and give depth of the word, we begin to look more and more like our heavenly father. We look like our Lord and savior. Let's read verse 20, uh, excuse me, 45. It says that ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. Now this is the picture of a child of God operating in kingdom principles in the kingdom of God. We also see the unconditional love of God demonstrated towards the good as well as the evil. Dealing with them with an even hand. Well, not, I shouldn't say an even hand, but unconditionally. He lets the sun rise on the, the good and the evil. He sends rain on the just as well as the unjust. Amen. And so this is a picture of what we are to look like. Our life is to look like. And as I said, this isn't always easy. It's not always easy. Yet it gets easier the more we do it. And remember, we have the, the help of the Holy Spirit. We have the help of the Holy Spirit helping us on the inside. He's indwelling us. He's indwelling us in our spirit. And he's there, he's there to help us. That's what he's there for, to be everything we need him to be for us, to us, and with us. Amen? And it just makes things easier when we begin to learn how to rely on the Holy Spirit rather than to try and do what the Word of God says in our own strength and power. It makes it hard when we try and do it in our human ingenuity because we are in this limited earthen flesh. And the mind of the flesh has the tendency to get in the way of the mind of God. Amen. So let's go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We're going to look at what the word of God says about um, bitterness and wrath in regard to the, the anger that we can respond to um, people and situations about. Verse 30 
And this is about the walk of the believer as indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. See, that's where we see that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. You know, he, he's not leaving. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's not going anywhere. He's sealed. Once we receive Jesus Christ, he's on the inside. No, nothing can get in and he's not going to get out. He's not going to leave. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. This is another remedy that guards against the hardness of the heart. Learning to forgive one another, being tenderhearted, which is the opposite of being hard-hearted, and forgiving one another. And as I said, this is a process and we're under grace. And there's grace, there's space in order for the Lord and the Word of God in order to work in us, in order to work in our heart. Psalm 19, 7, verse 7 says, The word of the Lord, or the law of the Lord, is perfect, which is the word of the Lord. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So it takes the word of the Lord in order to convert the soul. As I said, God's grace is working in us and the word is working in us in order to convert our soul. Amen. A couple weeks back, I mentioned that we need to give the Holy Spirit something to work with in order for him to apply what we need to our mind, to our hearts, to our souls. Amen. So that means we need to take the word of God in in order for the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do, what he can do, what he's in there to do. Amen. I want to say this while we're here too: forgiving one another is not based on emotion. Sometimes people misunderstand what forgiveness is or what it means to forgive another person. Oftentimes, they equate it to how they feel based on their emotions. But forgiveness is a decision. To forgive someone is a decision. It's a choice. Because when we study this, when someone trespasses against us, they are actually indebted to us. When we really study that, they're actually indebted to, to us. And we choose to forgive their debt. You remember what the word says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's true. And it applies in this case regarding forgiveness. We also need to consider what God did for Christ's sake. It says at the end of verse 32, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God has forgiven us. Because of what Christ did, what Christ came down here and accomplished for us, the finished works of the cross for us. And God forgave us because of what his son, Jesus Christ, went through. God forgave us. 
and we can be in right relationship with God, reconciled to God. Amen. And we want to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to take on the character of our Heavenly Father, too. Just in the, the next verse, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Be ye therefore followers or imitators of God as dear children. And don't your children imitate you? Don't your children act or behave like you? Don't they, don't they have some of your characteristics? Likewise, we as the children of God are to have our Heavenly Father's characteristics. Amen. And keep in mind, as we are doers of the word that we're reading, something is taking place in our heart. When we begin to obey what God says and keep the word as Jesus says, we keep it by doing it. Something simultaneously occurs as we engage in the word of God. It begins to take root in our heart. Praise God. And the end goal is to to keep in mind not to harden our heart harden not our hearts harden not our hearts whereas the word will profit us and remember that the lord did not leave us to ourselves he's in us and with us jesus said as he was getting ready to to, to depart he let his disciples know that I will come to you, and I'm just paraphrasing it right, right quick. In John 14, he says, I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless or as orphans. You will not be born again and then left to yourself. Amen. We have a helper. We have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit to help us, to empower us, to do what we need to do in order to, to be doers of the word and carry out what the Father wants us to do in order to demonstrate the kingdom of God and live as children of God. See, a good father doesn't ask a child to do something that he doesn't think they can do. And he knows that we as children of God can do this because he thought of everything. He did not leave a stone unturned. He thought of everything. And he gave us what we need in order to live this life of salvation in Jesus Christ, this side of heaven. We are victorious. And remember, too, we also have the grace of God. The grace of God is always at work in us. And we grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And keep this in mind, too, that man may look at our efforts as poor, but a sincere effort in God's eyes. Let's say, for instance, we, we did something and we scored like a 60 or 70 percent in man's eyes. But a sincere effort in God's eyes is an A because there's room for growth. Grace gives us room for growth and development. Based on the grace of God. This is a growing way. Always room for space. But we have to make the effort. We must make the effort. Amen. Well, praise God. I thank you for joining me. Again, this is Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B. And until next time, God bless you.
Thank you for listening to Spirit of Life Ministries, an end-time ministry purposed for revival of the heart toward God, restoration of the soul for the hungry and the lost. Revelation 22:17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let those that hear say, Come, and let them that are athirst come. They that will, let them take the water of life freely. If you would like to contact or be a blessing to the ministry, send all correspondence to Spirit of Life Ministries, P.O. Box 210081, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53221. Spirit of Life Ministries can be reached at 414-249-5121. Until next time, thank you and God bless you.